man, look at this place. Oh, it looks more like a, a country club than a nursing home. Nice grass, nice people. And I hope you brought your bathing suit. Okay, welcome to Nice Grass, Nice People, and uh, man, it is really delightful to have one of my closest golf-talking confidants back, and uh, that is none other than Jess Stemak, and Boat is actually here in the new podcasting dojo, which is, uh, it also doubles as my garage, and uh, where I get most of my laundry done, so Boat, it is a pleasure to have you in my palatial uh, palatial studio. Welcome back, brother. Good to be here, buddy. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is good to be here. Uh, since we did a podcast last I feel like there's some some things that have changed, not just in the world of golf, but also personally for us as well. So, you yeah. know, before we before we dive into it, how are things, man? Things are going great. It is uh, good to be back. Uh, yeah, excited to talk about golf and maybe Giants a little bit, and just uh, some new changes in our lives. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, first and foremost, you are you've you've embarked on a little bit of a new career path. Yeah. I feel like since uh, since I saw you last. So you are now heavily involved in collegiate golf yeah I, I, uh, I think you would probably do a better job of explaining what you do than 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 i would so i'm, yeah. I'm just going to give you give you the mic here yeah no it's great so i'm the assistant um women's and men's coach at sonoma state for both teams and uh it was what i've been wanting to do for a long time mm-hmm. it was great to get back in that atmosphere with the kids and and working closely with val and uh, you know, our women had a, had a strong finish to the season, but played their best golf a little bit too late in the year okay. and, and missed out getting into regionals. Um, but they won their home event and we've got a lot of really good players coming back. So I'm excited for them. Yeah. And our, our men's team had a, had a, uh, not a Cinderella run, but, uh, you know, we came back from 14 strokes down at regionals and, uh, ended up winning that and then made it to the match play portion at nationals. Uh, so we finished seventh in the stroke play portion at nationals and then didn't bring our A game or our B game uh, <laughs> against Barry. Barry's, a, no pun intended, a very good golf team. Um, they were pretty much one or two in the nation all year long. Who, they, who, who, who was that so that you guys were playing at? Barry, the, the... Barry University out of uh, Miami Shores, Florida. Okay. Really, really strong D2 program. You're in, you're out. Okay. They didn't have their best game either, but – we just came up a little bit short, but it was um, a really special first year for me. Um, and everything just kind of wrapped up pretty recently, right? Yeah. So okay. we were in we were in Ohio for nationals two weeks ago. Tomorrow was our last day there. Okay. And unbelievable resort, Grand Resort in Warren, Ohio. Literally felt like you were on a Trump property. They just put like thirty million dollars into it. Um, Jesus. So they have a. a Four courses, basically two two on property, and then two a little bit of ways. But the Avalon Lakes Country Club, the the kind of the hub course, P-Die design, seventy three hundred yards, mounding in the fairways, reminded me a lot of um, Sawgrass uh, greens were fast and firm, and you know, USGA sets up all the postseason events after conference. So oh, they, okay, they, they came in to Foxtail, uh, where we actually hosted regionals, and just transformed the golf course. It was. Is that why I've been hearing from a couple people that Foxtail is playing really great right now? It is unbelievable, Kyle. The job that they did out there getting that course ready for um, not only our our West Regional, but then NCS was there mm-hmm. for the boys, and then they obviously hosted the Sonoma County M. And you noticed the scores were pretty high for the Sonoma County M. If you followed, the course was 
transformed to, from a basically a middle of the tier muni to an unbelievable public golf course. It was in the best shape I've ever seen that place by a million. Foxtail's been great to us. It's our, it's kind of our home hub. It's where our practice center is. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's kind of our home base. The staff there rolled out the red carpet. They did a great job. USJ came in you know, like a week prior, and it felt like an like, unbelievable event. And yeah. all, all the coaches, all the coaches and players that we saw, you know, either that week or had played in the preview, they were like, "Wow, you guys ran a hell of an event." All, all the other coaches from the school, baseball, basketball, soccer, all of them were out there helping the players with what they needed on the range or shuttling kids from nine to ten or one or you know from the pro shop to yeah. uh, to one. It was. The whole athletics department at Sonoma State put on an unbelievable event, and it was so cool to witness. And the players and coaches from the other teams noticed it because they were just raving about it. They're like, "That was the best regional we've ever played in." Yeah, I, like I was just mentioning, I, I've heard from a couple friends who played Foxtel recently. Like, dude, have you been to Foxtel recently? <laughs> now I know why it's in such good shape. Okay, that's that's. And when I say the red carpet, I mean the red carpet. They had breakfast every morning for the players. All the players stayed at the Double Tree. It was a really cool event. It's nice that you don't have to travel off-site. You're right there. You roll out of bed, mm-hmm. get breakfast, depending on your tea time, walk over to the course, warm up whenever you wanted. All the signage, all the, um, you know, all, all the all the fencing, all the roping. It was. It felt like you were at a at a major championship, and it was. It, it played like it. It was. It was awesome. It was super cool. And then in, in Ohio, it was. Yeah, it's any time you get to play in an NCAA national championship, it's a special week. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're no stranger to it. I mean, did, yeah. did, didn't you so guys? I, as, we played, as, in, played in three of them, yeah. Um, brought back a lot of great memories. I, I think we need to make sure we let everybody know this is Chico State that is yeah. uh, that is playing a three you know th- three national championships yeah. with you, you know, and it was cool. firmly in the mix. Uh, you know, my teammate Nick Green, who's the coach at Chico now, and Luke Bennett, who I played against for three years at Western Washington, he's the coach. And so us three plus Oklahoma Christian – and um, Simon Fraser from British Columbia came out of the West Regional. And, you know, it's like I, I think I've talked about it a little bit before. You see guys 10, 12 weeks out of the year from other teams for three or four years, and you develop these relationships. But just to roll it back to 2003, for me and Nick Green at Chico and Luke Bennett at Western Washington to kind of all go on to the Nationals, it was it was really cool. Do you feel like our, our former podcast guest, J.J.'s, do you feel like he's missing out not being involved in collegiate golf like the rest of you guys? He, I think he's doing okay. You think he's, he's think you think he, he's satisfied uh, with his decision? Yeah, he's he, he's he's happy with his decision. Okay, well yeah. that's that uh, that's good for yeah. anybody not unfamiliar. This is that actually. How do we pronounce JJ's last name again? I always Jackovac. Jackovac. Okay, Colin Morikawa was caddy. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, bummed to see him withdraw from the Memorial last weekend. A little back spasm issue, yeah. Yeah, it's no no good. Have you have you been to Dublin, Ohio? I mean, I know you got a lot of so you got a lot of Ohio where, roots. That's where my mom met my dad. Oh no kidding! My dad was helping Jack build Muirfield and the country club at Muirfield. Amazing. Yeah, so I did not that's know that. That is fucking was killer. Going to nursing school and met my dad. Yeah. Whoa, that is awesome. So yeah. so I'm assuming you have been to the golf course then. I don't know if you played. When it, I was little, very very little kid. Uh, my mom still has pictures of. Okay. You know, kind of when they were building the course there and. Uh, yeah, no, it's private golf in Ohio. For those of you that have experienced have experienced it with how short the season is, mm-hmm. they're not they're, their superintendents aren't taking any days off. I'll no. say that. No. It is private golf in Ohio is really, really unique and bent everything typically and it's really, really fun golf. Yeah conditions are great yeah we talked a little bit about it on last week's uh, pod because we do like a little segment where we try to highlight some of the cool courses if somebody wanted to take a yeah. a golf trip to 
you know, where the guys are playing it just man, it seems like the private golf, especially out there, is just yeah, out of hand. It is. It's everything is so lush and so green. You know, because they still get some afternoon thunderstorms, so it's not like they're getting baked out, but it's but it's did, really neat. Did you hear that uh, when when Jack was in the booth for the memorial, for, it seemed like for like five hours, Yeah, and they were talking about the time of year they host the golf tournament, and you just hear Jack, oh yeah, I, I always wanted to host around this time, because you know, you got all kinds of ways, you get rain, you yeah. get thunder, you got, I really want to test these guys, and I yeah. was like, man, do you actually want to play your tournament when there's a good chance of rain? That seems... the, course, the, course, but I guess, you know, the course showed out for sure. Yeah, you know, it looked really good, and those guys were getting hammered last yeah. weekend. Um, I, I do want to stay on on the college golf thing because I'm I'm, yeah. re- I'm super super curious. So, um, having you know coached high school golf for, I guess what fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. What's like the biggest difference between high school golf and college golf, other than the fact that the kids are basically a little older and I would assume a little more skilled, stronger. Uh, they hit it a lot further. They're they're just a lot more consistent. Uh, from like know, a from like I guess from a coaching perspective, like what what like what's the biggest difference in your more day? mature a bogey tends not to bug a college player where it could really just unravel a kid's day in high school that's or, so, or a double bogey. You know, it's high school golfers unless they're really mature and for sure going to play the next level, they live and die on every shot. And uh, you know, a lot of these college kids are so calm and just stay neutral and green all day, hmm. where even a bad break doesn't bug them. But it's it was so fun being out there and not with just the men but the women and it's the talent level is really high right now in college golf mm-hmm. and you still get the d2 versus d2 stigma or d3 or junior and anyone playing college golf right now is really good yeah uh the you know the teams that we saw at nationals from the southeast you know like um nova southeastern who's been on a great run and they actually won oklahoma christian barry there's kids playing you know on tour from all these schools and the Nova Southeastern coach was like, this transfer portal is killing me. <laughs> he's like, you would not believe. He's like, our regular season events, every SEC school has somewhere there trying to pluck our kids. He's like, just from our conference alone, we have a kid going to Georgia, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Florida. Are these he's boners like, just too lazy to recruit out of high school or what? It's, I mean, maybe some kids like we talked about that come in under the radar a little bit. Maybe their parents can afford to, you know, send them to all the AJJ events and sure. Um, but yeah, there's the the golf when you get to that level is remarkable. Interesting. Yeah. So in like the realm of like D two, because I, I I will say I've I've been kind of impressed with how much D one golf mm-hmm. has been covered on like Golf Channel and yeah. other like media outlets. I mean, you don't get that much. You don't get that much news about D two golf. Obviously, I, really, I I trust you that the really D- no D two sports get a lot of coverage. Right. There's there's not a lot of money in it. There's not a lot of funding. You know, our funding goes through a lot of it goes through. Well, Val works his tail off privately fundraising. Val Verhance, the the your at co- coach State, at Sonoma State for the, men the and head, women head with coach, you. Head um, coach at that level, fundraising is like almost priority number one. Yeah. Um, that and it's Sonoma State's population is in five years is down from 9,100 to 4,000 kids undergrad, and that's how a lot of our program is funded. No kidding, spending wise, yeah. So it's I didn't realize it had been Val is the busiest person I know, <laughs> he's always fundraising and he is he, all over the place. So there's so much that goes into being a division two golf coach that you wouldn't even realize. It's, you know, you're limited on how much time you can spend with the kids during the week in a non-tournament, you know, non-tournament week. It almost kind of makes you almost that much more invaluable because he sounds like he's probably out fundraising where you're oh, running practice. We're, we're both so busy, and, yeah. and, and it's, 
you know, it's unique where we'll do joint practices with the guys and girls mm -hmm. Tuesday and Thursday morning. And, you know, the other main problem is that with the amount of students, or sh I should say lack of students, there's less classes offered at, at conducive times. Yeah. So scheduling qualifying this last year was really difficult. When yeah. you have some graduating seniors that literally can only take a class Wednesday at 1 o'clock. And that's when there's not classes offered and we've got to be school first. So it's, it makes it really interesting to try and get everyone in the same course, you know, for at least three or four rounds for a, a qualifying for a tournament down the road. Hmm. So it's, it's a puzzle. Yeah. It's a puzzle. Hopefully, hopefully we can get an enrollment back. 9,100 would be great, but at least a couple more thousand. Sure. So we get some more classes offered, you know, they start refilling positions. So it's, um, we're, and it's not just our school. Uh, the whole CSU system is down quite a bit, so we got to get we got to get these. Basically, hey, if you want to if you want to come to Sonoma State and be a student, we're we're going to try not to put up any walls. If you want to come to our campus, like let's find a way to make it work. And Accessible higher education. Yeah, America, exactly. are you listening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sounds that sounds delightful. It's important, but yeah. So there's there's a, a lot of stuff that that Val really does behind the scenes, and I do behind the scenes that you wouldn't really think about, but fundraising and you know community engagement is i kind of knew that going in and my coach always said that at chico like there's a lot of stuff you guys that i do that you don't realize and i was like yeah okay and then now that i've gotten older and seen it and now being a part of it firsthand it's a lot of work yeah a lot of work well not to you know not to get on my knees you know yeah. for, for too long here but you're you're, you're a very like community oriented guy you know yeah. obviously born and raised here you know, you know, you're a very social guy, so it does seem like it kind of fits right into your wheelhouse. So I'm, I'm not surprised that you I guys are it. doing, that you're doing really well. What's, since we don't know that much about Division Two golf, like what would you, how would you describe like the the level of competition at your guys' school at Sonoma State compared to somewhere like a Pac-12 school? So, like I like I said, I would assume if your guys are having, if everybody in your team is so having losing, a good day, we're we're losing a kid to USF this year, uh -huh. transfer portal. We lost an All American to uh, Oregon last year. Okay, so. These kids, it's it's literally an exposure thing. Yeah. And if there's anything, you know, I wouldn't say talent wise, but ability wise and numbers wise, I would say the kids playing at the Division One high end teams are probably just a little bit more consistent. Mm -hmm. I think they probably play three round tournaments a lot more consistently than some of the D two guys where they'll have maybe two really good rounds and one round where they kind of gets away from where they maybe shoot three or four over par. Um, I think probably when coming out of high school, the top top level Division One players are just more complete, and that's kind of mentally, physically, sure, all things encompassed. Having the experience of playing in in huge three and four round junior tournaments versus you know a kid that maybe couldn't afford to play in all those expensive events where the the biggest event he's going to play in is like maybe two or three day event. Yeah. Uh, so it's an experience thing, but that's why you're seeing the Division Two transfer portal just ravaged just by the transfer portal being transfer portal ravaged interesting it's you literally got to treat every kid like a senior almost because they are they are that talented yeah and clearly if if these big time schools are, are are getting them to go there then the talent levels there it's just an exposure thing so it'd be fair to say then like uh like d2 players at a program like yours at sonoma state you know when guys are playing really well or girls excuse me but like yeah. whenever when they're playing they're really good golf it's pretty comparable to the good golf of any oh, of the it guys. Is. It's just they're, you know, they're 
down rounds might be a little more down maybe than yeah, somebody at a, at, a, at a big five power five whatever you want to call it yeah it's okay. just a little bit of that that third round you know d2 get top players maybe two and a half rounds well versus okay. the d1 guys where they're just a little more complete what's the what's the kind of scouting report on your guys's program like i know, I know you mentioned like this berry school in florida like you know i'm so it's, there, there's schools on the other side of the country that you guys are well aware of what 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 yeah, what do you know about your guys' standing within like the D two golf community? Yeah, so I mean, we finished uh, technically tied for fifth this year. It's been a sp- strong program, but just exposure wise, um, some of the some of the teams in the southeast that are maybe private or have a bigger budget, they can spend more on recruiting, sure, spend more on getting to tournaments, spend more on scholarships, uh, international fee waivers, which Sonoma State doesn't have, which a lot of the, sco- the private schools do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Oklahoma Christian basically half of their roster is from argentina uh barry they're like the saint mary's of like college basketball but of yeah. like golf so there's those those schools that have a lot more private money they can recruit more internationally okay where we're pretty limited based on tuition is as where we can go mm-hmm. um a lot of our kids are from southern california arizona washington okay Utah. So you guys aren't, aren't you guys aren't like primarily recruiting no, just like local, like you know regionally. You guys yeah. are kind of West Coast. And we're gonna you, you know we're gonna recruit. There's a lot of really good players locally right now coming out of high school. Um, Will Hall from Windsor is actually going to play at UC Santa Barbara for my teammate Chris Mazzoletti. Okay, who just got the head coaching job. Cool. Good for so Chris. it's the the local talent pool is really up, and we got a couple kids from Casa on our on our men's team, uh, Lucas Happy and Ryan Stewart that are gonna. Like round into being big parts of the team next year for yep. us. Local high school, Petaluma, so, Casa Grande. Great. Yeah, so it's um, you always got to look locally. There's always some. some I was gonna say if you've got talent in your yeah. backyard, you got to at least you know. Uh, I mean that's what that's what Pete Carroll was always doing down at USC. He wasn't letting anybody you know yeah. leave leave Southern California. So yeah, lo- locally it's where the where do you up. what's like the best place or where's like the most um I guess common place to go. And recruit like AJGA events. Like what? What's uh, that's what's a our, lot of the big schools have that budget. We can always follow those online. Okay, we can send out emails. We can get in contact. We encourage all of our recruits to fill our our recruiting questionnaire on our website. Mm-hmm. Kind of what they're looking for in a program. What do we have to uh, offer major wise? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, they actually are bringing back the top of the bay junior junior tournament. If no you kidding. Remember. Windsor and Santa Rosa Country Club, so uh-huh, that's okay. That making, nice. making a comeback in, in offer uh, honor of uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fisher from Colgan Water. Okay, so that's going to be fun. That was always a big tournament. There was always a bunch of kids coming. Sure, from, you know, even as far as like Fresno, the East Bay, that was a big two day event. So I'm excited that that is back up and running because that was always a really fun event as a junior. Man, that sounds that sounds really awesome. Now, yep. when you when you're running practices, how often are you actually hitting balls with the with very very limited there's a lot of uh, a lot of instruction going on you know we do a lot of short game stuff uh the kids work out uh three days a week with our trainer ponzo mm-hmm. uh early in the morning before practice it's a it's a it's a full-on full-on commitment there's a it's a lot of time for the kids so to juggle all the school and especially with the limited classes available in class times when they get done with a semester or a year it's they're pretty exhausted they're they're yeah, they're wiped. So if yeah. if season just ended, we're we're recording this beginning of June. Yeah. So season got wrapped up mid late May. Yeah. When when do things kick back into gear for you guys? Just when as soon as school starts in, in okay. August, and then we just we'll go back to full bore. So this is probably the most important question I've got a chance to ask you so far in this podcast. Yeah. 
where has all of this, you know, you're a busy man, you got a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff going on in your life. Where has this left your golf game? Played my first round last week. God uh, damn it. I, that's not, it's not the answer I was hoping for. First time since December. December? So, yeah. Good Lord. There's a lot of rust there. <laughs> how, I have to ask, how, how do we do? Uh, I shot 36. And it was okay. Uh, it was it was one of the ugliest. <laughs> I, there, the middle of the club face was not even in. In it, it was, whew, it was ugly. But I would love I'm to. Gonna, I'm going to jump right it back into the deep end and play the Imitational Fountain Grove this weekend. Great, so. <laughs> confidence, confidence is sky high. <laughs> Absolutely love to hear. So, question. Rust to me for you almost seems like a best case scenario because the, the uh, one thing I'm just hoping for is that physically that, that, that a wrist or something like that is not keeping it yeah. it seems it's, it's just a rest thing physically you're feeling pretty good right now yeah it's I got okay. about I, I got about 40 or 50 full swings in me to the point where, where the wrist <laughs> wrist is usually all right let's let's maybe head to the putting green here big fella I mean if you're playing really well I hopefully you're not really taking more than 35 36 swings anyway exactly yeah a lot of hybrids uh <laughs> a lot of hybrids in the fountain greens that i used to wedge into but it's uh it's a super fun event get out there with my buddy bubba and um yeah just go walk it around see where the chips fall and maybe have a seltzer or two and the the weather's supposed to be 70 to 73 degrees so Last year it was like 100 degrees each Dude, day. And weather, of- weather right now in Sonoma County has been awesome. Yeah, I I don't miss the 100 plus degree days we were having last no, year. This has been a very welcome. Was, all they had was hen house in the coolers on the golf course, and it was like nothing about more than a triple degrees? IPA in 104 degree weather. This no is just perfect. No offense, Shane Gopal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shabby. Well, um, well, that's great, man. I'm glad you're playing a little golf. I mean, yeah. that's that's exactly what we're hoping for. Um, if, if we transition a little bit here. Well, actually, I don't know. Here, you, where do you want to go first? You want to go professional golf? Or you want to go San Francisco Giants baseball? Let's knock out the Giants real quick. What? Okay, so our dear Far- our- Farhan just said that they're going to make moves at the deadline. So our our, our mutual friend, you know, Mark, <laughs> who's uh, who's who's get has, has has guested on this uh, podcast for a few moments uh, to talk a little Warriors basketball a month or so ago. Um, we we keep going back and forth. He, I feel like his high end expectation for this baseball team. He's thinking, you know what, they might be able to win 88, 89, 90, 91 games. And I'm I'm much more in the camp of this team, best case scenario, I would love to see them be able to win 78 games. I love Mooch's positivity, I do. If we can get, you know, we got off to the slow start. We're, sure. We're starting to win games that maybe we probably shouldn't. Yeah, but also the slow a, start, they didn't have any of these uh, these young guys. Yeah, which is, a, which is a good indicator. I like that we're... Scraping through the farm system and seeing next man up mentality. Like, I, I hey, can't mate, believe Farhan actually brought somebody up from the farm system. Let's I'd, see I'd, how many gems we got down there, and let's <laughs> let's get them battle tested quickly. And if we make some moves at the deadline, then who knows? Because yeah, I mean, Duvall is dominant right now, but we need probably maybe another starting pitcher, and um, you never know. It does the, sound Gi- like Giants the are uh, weird. the Giants are a weird, very weird program they are a very strange program I, I i could not agree more it's basically they're they're the a's from 10 years ago all oh, the poor a's oh my god i mean we'll, we'll talk about it. honestly oh i wish i i wish i had a little bit more information because i just i, I would love 12 lo- wins i would love to publicly like, shame their thir- owner steve fisher no. it's just the he might be just like jay monahan is now officially the worst commissioner in all oh, of american sports boy steve fisher has absolutely cemented himself he, he has left no doubt he's like everybody if you think you're the worst owner in American professional sports, hold my fucking beer, 
because I'm going to show you guys. This guy is the fucking Some, someone's got worst. On him. He is a fucking disgrace. It is. I feel so bad for A's fans too, man. It's like the someone one, someone's he, got some dirty stuff on him, just like someone's got some dirty stuff on Jay Monahan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit, might be the fucking uh, you know, might be MBS. It's got the dirty shit on Jay Monahan. Who knows? Um, yeah, man. I well, jumping back to the Giants here real quick. Yeah. Um, between the young guys, between is it? Uh, Patrick Rod- Bailey? Ba- Patrick Bailey? Thank you. I don't know why. What, as, soon as, the, as soon as I hit the record button tonight, my yep. brain started turning to mush. I'm just, I'm just so nervous, man. You know what? Schmidt. To Bailey, be able to have I you like in here, Casey guys. Schmidt, Patrick. Between these guys, between those two guys, who do you think, who do you feel the most confident that this could be somebody we're watching play baseball for the next 10 years? Schmidt looks like a like a major leaguer. He he looks pretty good to me. I was going to say, if, you, if we're looking for pitching help, yeah. I feel like he could, he could come in. Because honestly, watching that dude rifle balls from shortstop and third, I feel like I haven't seen an infielder with a cannon like that since, like, young Brandon Crawford. Yeah. and He's, if fun, he's fun to watch. I'm, I, I love Mooch's positivity. That would be great if we got to 91 or 92. Do, do, you, do you share Mooch's positivity? Probably not. Okay. What's, yeah. so, so what are you thinking? If we're, go, if we're talking futures here. I think here, maybe right around 500. I mean, honestly, if they could win, if they could play 500 baseball, I would love that. Yeah. I, would, I think it would be uh, – uh, a box checked for this season with what we had to work with. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you, with how much success the Giants have had in our in our lifetimes, we're spoiled. I, I was gonna say we, like we we have to wear these seasons on the chin. No, but I mean, do you feel like do you ever catch yourself being like God or getting bummed out by losses, or are you on the other side of the spectrum where now I'm I feel on like the, I'm I, on the other side of the fence. Now it's like okay, we we were so spoiled. Just take it in stride. Yeah. Take your medicine. You're not going to win a World Series every year. Or even get to the playoffs every I, year. Take, take your lumps. People have told me this is a, a loser mentality, and it may be. I mean, I, I can't say that I'm not a loser, but it, it, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where I keep watching. Like, man, can't believe these fucking morons won three World Series. Like, this is like honestly, it's almost kind of fun to watch a shitty team. I mean, which is funny because they only had three seasons where they won the World Series. They were never the best team in baseball, other than the postseason for any of their World Series runs, and they fucking stunk every season in between. But now that they've won three, and we're a couple years removed. It's kind of like ah, oh, and the game and the games are quicker now, so the losses don't hurt as bad or take as long. I, that, that's another thing we haven't actually had a chance to talk about yet. Yeah. What, I, what do you think of all the new changes? I don't know if some of the pitchers sometimes feel rushed on the mound, but I'm like constantly kind of like a, almost like the shot clock in basketball, or watching to make sure they get it over, get it over half court, and you know at the at the college or high school level in ten seconds, or in the NBA like eight. Now I'm constantly looking at that pitch clock like ooh he's he's up against it here. He's he might have to quick pitch this one. Fuck. <laughs> <You're bark. laughs> I love I love it. Some of the umpires have gotten some really really great, you know, t- t- two hands up like, oh, no, stop, stop, stop. They start like pointing at the, you know, t- t- I, tapping I their wrist, looking at the clock. Eventually, like, oh. maybe a little bit of a, like a one or two second grace period. I think a one or two second grace period is fine. I, I will say this. So, I went to my first Giants game uh, a couple of weeks ago. What I what I would like to know is if there's numbers on more more stolen bases. Just there is. because I just because so. pitchers can't really freeze a guy anymore. They can't freeze a guy. The bases are bigger. Yeah. So you know to kind of promote like more. Sp- so there are. Uh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but people are attempting and stealing more bases, which I think is great. Yeah. Um. More action. More juice. More action. More juice. I I do think my my takeaway from going to the game and kind of seeing you know obviously watching a lot of games on TV and seeing how the pitch clock works there and then seeing it in person, I think the one thing they could actually tone back. Because first of all, I've been advocating for the pitch clock for years. I've yeah. I've I've been I've I've I felt like baseball has just become so 
lethargic that it just it needed some some sort of like pick me up right it did and um i i think for the at bats it's actually perfect i think the one thing they could lay off on is the pitch clock between batters so if you want like let guys take as much time as they want like getting into the box but Mm -hmm. like once they're in the box i love the pitch clock because then it's like a real battle where it's like all right he's in the box like let's see what happens we're we're, kind of locked in until this at bats over but with the pitch, you know, with there being a clock in between batters as well, I don't think there was a single guy that got to have his walk-up music played for more than three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was like a quick little like you just heard like the melody. So like, I I feel like they could they'd be fine, and it wouldn't feel like it slowed the game down if yeah. they just let a little bit more time between batters. But I love the pitch clock, as is inside of the at bat. My biggest gripe, and I think. The fucking Manfred Man is so stupid. I, j- I just can't get over how fucking dumb that rule is. And I feel like the pitch clock fixed everything. The pitch yeah. clock fixed, like, getting games through. Like, we don't need to add, then make something so there's a 90% chance that extra inning games always end in the 10th inning. I, I, do you have any strong thoughts on the Manfred Man? No, uh, not not really, but I think it's... Just, See, I wish just, I could be more like you. I, w- I wish I didn't care. Just overall, it's a much better product for, for the fans. The Manfred Man? At, at, at the game... No, just, just okay. everything, just, yeah, the, the speed, everything the speed of the game. Okay. I, don't know. I got you. I don't know to the minute how much they've cut off um, each, each game, but it, it's just, I mean, I know games are getting over quicker, and you're not sitting on the couch going, <laughs> the pace of the game is so much better for the spectator now and the fan. Well, the good news is that, you know, I, I have one less napping sport. Now Now golf has is, is once again just become my primary, let's, let's take a little snooze. Although, I, I will say, the golf has been oddly compelling this year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Brooks, just talking about what's happening inside the ropes. Looks like Brooksy's back. <laughs> looks like Major Brooksy's back. But, but, okay. I don't, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post, Kyle, but on I'm Wednesday. Off, I'm off Facebook okay. and I'm off Instagram. So, so I, I'll, I am, send, I'll I, send you screenshots. So uh, Wednesday night before the PGA, it just very simple. I just said, it's Brooksy. Fuck it. It's I Brooksy. Mean, it felt. So when everything was happening at the Masters, again, we were, you know, to all the listeners, I hope and you enjoy you throw this. It, and then you throw in Phil at the <sighs> Masters. And so like, we haven't got a chance to talk whoa! a lot of golf so far this year just yeah. because of everything going on. When we're going into the final round at Augusta, were you pulling for Brooks? Did you maybe, ca- a, maybe a little bit of part of me. Like, did you did you care? Like, did you have, like, a preference, like, who you wanted to win between Rom and Brooks or anybody else? I No. Okay. Between those two, not really. Not, but you, you a, not a huge Rom fan. But you I also, appreciate what he does. But I'm not a, like a huge Rom fan. You know, it's funny. Somebody mentioned to me on when I was playing golf today, who said, "I love Rom the golfer, but I don't necessarily. I, I just don't know how I feel about like Rom the dude. Like having listened to interviews and things like that. Yeah. And oddly enough, I almost felt exactly the opposite. Where obviously I appreciate everything John Rom does in the golf course, and I recognize that he's one of the best players in the world. But for whatever reason, I mean, I just. If I find his game, it's it's not like, it's not like Prime Phil where you're watching like just a magician, right? And you're just like, wow, this guy yeah. is just different. like. But I love John Rom the person. I love his interviews. I love how frank he is. Yeah. With everything, I love he's just you know just kind of calls it like I, I love John Rom the interview like the dude. Yeah. Uh, but he's not my favorite golfer to watch. No. Um, per se, but but then I, I could also say the same thing about Brooks. But I think like Brooks, I, I actually probably like watching Brooks play golf a little bit more than Rom, although. There's something about guys that do get excited. There's some guys that actually like want to be emotional and actually want to celebrate like when they do something well that I 
me and I think a lot of golf fans just kind of gravitate to. Yeah, he's just the, stone cold, man. The stoicness and the sort of neutrality of Brooks's personality on the golf course. The guys out there on a mission. I guess so. I mean, he was obviously pretty stoked when he won the PGA, but yeah. Um, where, where, where do we stand on Brooks off the course right now? He's got a baby coming. I feel like probably he's dialed down the the brashness a little bit. You know, the whole him and Bryson it, it, thing. It it's, certainly seems that way. It's, it's, I think he's probably he's got a little bit more perspective and a lot of that live money. Hey, with the baby coming, hashtag yeah. perspective is all over the place. I saw, I saw a quote where he's like, uh, you know, when Jenna's bugging me, I just Venmo her $1,000 and then we're good. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of that's kind of funny but that's for him to say that it's just like oh that's hilarious well it's good to know that there's a strong emotional connection between yeah. him and his wife that's <laughs> that, that I'm, I'm glad to know things are going well in the household that's uh but it's i mean hey uh a healthy brooks kepka is good for the game of golf because that's just one more guy to chase and he's he's what you know probably one of maybe five guys that if he brings his a game that week no one's going to beat him so you think brooks's a game is better so you got like him Rory, which we haven't seen lately. I don't think we've seen Rory's A game maybe since last – no, not even last year's Canadian Open. Cause he Rom, kind of, like, Kepka, Scheffler, see, Cam, Cam Smith. That's the thing. I think right now the highest top end, in my opinion right now, is actually probably Scheffler. Yeah. Scheffler from T to green right now is so oh, the guy's unbelievably good. I mean, dude, someone was calling for a putter change. Bro, get the mallet. Dude, were you were you listening or like there was a bunch of stats going around from the memorial last oh, there weekend? Was so many strokes lost on the greens. Dude, they said like if he had just had a average putting week like in terms of strokes gained, he would have won he, going away. He would have won by like 9. Yeah. If he had had an average week with the putter. I know. That's yeah. That's so, fucking nuts. I know. He's yeah, so you're looking at those guys that are kind of uh, Ricky Fowler is a great story. Top ten machine currently, yeah. flirting with a couple of chances on the weekend. But it's it's he's really good for golf. It's good to see him back, knowing that he's back inside the top fifteen, going to be at the majors. But who knows? With our shuffle we had yesterday. Well, okay, Kyle. so I, I think it's time we put all the pleasantries uh, and like the nice stuff, you know, in the rearview mirror. You guys up, get ready for the entree. So I. I don't know if you had a chance. I, I recorded kind of like a quick rapid reaction pod yesterday. It was like, like 15 minutes long. Yeah. I just I was like, you know what? Everything's going on here. I got a lot on my mind. I might as well just hit the record button and put something out there. Yeah. Giving everybody the, the caveat that you were scheduled to come into the dojo tonight, and we were going to talk over everything a little bit more at length. But um, we could go a million different directions right now. So I might as well just ask you to start. Like, where were you? When you first heard the news, how did you hear the news? I was like, on, what's, what's your, I, like, what's your first I reaction? I wasn't into anything in the, in the day yet. I was texting you and then was like, all right, I'm going to get on Twitter. And then I was just blown away. First of all, it's like, okay, we didn't hear anything leading up to this. No. I don't think that's, I think that's Rory part of the reason. had even toned down his defense of the entire tour and Jay Monahan. And just i was engulfed on twitter just going oh my god i was pretty useless most of yesterday oh i didn't do anything i mean i hit some poor some poor golf balls for a half hour but it, it it was a lot to it was a lot to swallow and digest actually i should say and i was i promise you i wasn't planning on bringing this up but since you're here yeah i feel like i have to share this with you i did after everything was going on yesterday, I went out to Bennett Valley to play in my, my nine-hole industrial league, yeah, Team what, Suave. That's what Robert Braun said, Brawny. Yeah. Team Suave was out there on a Tuesday night. Set my all-time nine-hole low yesterday. Really? 
I don't know where it came from. I didn't even feel like I. It was one of those things where I just was like relaxing, playing with my buddies. You number me. What what number are we talking about? I shot thirty one on the back nine. What? <laughs> yeah, thirty one. I shot thirty. I shot five hundred on the back nine yesterday. Whoa! Who did you play, dude? My all time low before this is thirty four. I never shot more than two hundred par for nine holes in my who entire life. Who did you play? Uh, who did I? Who did we play? We played the Happy Hackers yesterday. Oh no. They it was a bloodbath. Uh, it was uh, actually Mike and his wife Connie, who I think you probably know. Oh, the Rocks! I was out there with the Rocks, who were oh. awesome, awesome to play with. And Connie was their their A player. I was our A player. Oh! And I started off on the back nine three 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 three, and then lipped out my birdie putt on fourteen. You know what? I don't feel bad. Connie's had that coming for a long time. (laughs) As soon as I sat on the the other A player, I was like, oh, she's like a a little woman. And then I was like, she's a nine handicap. I was like, man, she's got to just beat the shit out of everybody. (laughs) When she gets to play the red tee, she just absolutely (laughs) drums. Believe me, she's been the topic of a lot of conversations for men's club events. I should should say Bennett Valley Golf Club events where she she stirred up a lot of drama with some – some net she, net scores she posted. I, I would. I feel I'm like not, that. I feel like that whooping's been coming for a while. Sorry, Connie, you're a sweetheart. But Connie, I feel like, you were you were great. I feel like that whooping's been coming for a while. The best part is like we get to like uh, 18, we're walking down the fair, which is like you know I've been telling Mike we need a player like you on our on our four on our <laughs> NCGA four person. Would yeah. you, you want to play with us? I was yeah. like Connie, I hate to tell you this. Oh, you need a, you need a five. You I, need I, 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 I was like, 31. I was Connie? like I, no. I was like I hate to break this to you, but uh, this is not normal. Uh, yeah. This is probably never going to happen again. Yeah. And. I when I texted like the guys in our group because we have a little uh, team group chat, um, I was like, guys, I left my body today. I don't know what the fuck happened. I sent it to it, and they're just like, dude, what? Oh, that's. And great. then I was like, fear not though. I'm going back out to play today, and I can almost feel the 84 like radiating out of my Law skin. Of averages. Do you know what I shot today? What did you shoot? Today? I shot 84 today. Oh, <laughs> boy. Wrapped it up with a really nice little. Granted, that was 84 with. Five lost balls. It's like the Tyler Tiedemann two day turnaround. I know. Let's. Uh, I think I was. Thinking, I was literally thinking about your story from like oh. Tied, like out at Windsor. Like 70, when I was. I was like seventy two to ninety five. I was like, man, is this what it feels like? Just yeah. to, just all of a sudden just lose <laughs> consciousness and all of a sudden can't miss fairways, can't uh, miss greens. I was like, man, this is. What do you want me to do? Qu- quit shooting? I was like, no, Tyler, we no. don't keep shooting a rock guy. I, but I was thinking to myself, like, man, like it's got to be so crazy to be one of the best players in the world and actually be able to do that. Yeah. Routinely. That is it's like it was such an out of body experience. I was like, man, I'm like, I, I felt like, like there's a 62 every day on tour now. I felt like Michael Block, in, just in the sense that as I was walking up to 18, I was like, wow, you're most likely never going to play this good ever again. That was like, a pretty cool story. Th- that is two hundred eighty-one thousand dollars for a club pro. Is that pretty good? Pretty good. Yeah. And he tired 15, so he's back next year. Yeah, and we're going to see him this yep. weekend at the Canadian Open. We are. Oh. With all the stuff going on, I even forgot there might have been a Canadian a national championship going on. <laughs> yeah, Canadian weekend. national championship. Poor Canadian taking... tour. Dude, Last they... year, Jay Monahan goes full 9-11 at the tournament, and this year he does this. So okay, Canadian I'm, opening. I'm sorry. It's just got to be like, hey, it, F you, guy. It, in typical fashion, when you and I get together, we're, we're, we're way off topic again. Yeah. So as soon as we started talking about this PGA, you know, Saudi public investment fund thing, of course, yeah. we start talking about Benna Valley Golf League. So, um, <laughs> so. You're you're on Twitter. You're figuring everything else out. What's what's your initial reaction? Are you upset? Are you like whatever? Are I you was waiting for Jack and and Tiger and Rory and the PGA of America to chime in? But they were kind of like same thing we were doing. Like, all right, let's wait and see more info. Today there was no more info. The players are completely frustrated. They don't know anything. Didn't know anything before the announcement. 
a lot of the guys were like, I love getting my news about my organization from Twitter, not our commissioner. Uh, I guess Mav McNeely broke it down very wisely, Stanford man. Uh, so I, I saw that he commented about it. I didn't get a chance to read a statement. Do you mind kind of paraphrasing what he, what he was saying? Just like, you know, he talked about his degree background at Stanford and was like, uh, you know, a big thing in making the best decision is having all the info. We have nothing near to all the info right now. So I would like to stay where I stand, but I really don't just because I don't have that info. There's so much more that's going to come out. And I guess a lot of the players were really impressed. So hopefully that guy's on the player committee soon or even player commissioner. Sounds like Jay Monahan's got a lot of fired up participants in his organization. Honestly, great for Matt McNeely. It feels like most of us, just humans, yeah. especially, you know, alpha, you know, alpha personalities like guys yeah. you have on the PGA Tour, usually don't mind not having all the information before they start making uh, yeah. rash judgments. So good for, good for Matt McNeely. Um, and, and th- that's what's so crazy about like trying to record this podcast right now is that, you know, we're going to hypothesize and then talk about things, but yeah. I mean, relatively we speaking, don't we, don't, we don't really know we shit know. right now. And honestly, I don't think Jay Monahan knows either. No. I think that, you know, we can, we can talk about maybe how that meeting went and with the impending, you know, I don't know how much they're paying in lawyer fees, right? That had to be, and, and obviously, the, you know, the Saudis, the Saudis are going. Hey, we're going to drag this out. I don't know if this was well, like well sourced, but I did hear a number on a podcast saying that the PGA Tour may have been spending between thirty to fifty million dollars a year on this lawsuit. Oh my God! Yeah, so that I mean, that's that's a huge factor. They're spending all of this extra money for these elevated events. Um, I think he he probably backed himself into a corner. Yeah, and, for sure. And the PIF kind of just flexed their financial muscles, and we're like, so I think this is a pretty good. And then the whole Jimmy Dunn thing, like we don't know where he fits in. Some Wall Street guy, some power broker. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's not very long before we get all of the info on who's going to be running what, because it's also vague right now. What's the format going to look like in a year? What's the format going to look like in five years? Rory talked about 10 years, how he thinks it's going to be good. It's like, are these going to become teams with franchises and owners? Like, you know, basically all the guys that didn't go to live, you know, like Rory and Justin and Morikawa, all these guys that got offered a ton of money, what are they going to do to make those guys whole? Are they going to make them basically initial investors without having to put money in? Like, what's... What is this going to do? So I think my my guess, and this is just me. I, I haven't written this down. This is just me kind of just talking out of my ass as we're as we're recording here. I think if they end up do incorporating some sort of like a team model into a part of the calendar, right? So yeah. I I would expect that Live Golf, even though contrary to what uh, you know, Greg Norman said today that we're we're not fucking leaving. Yeah. You know, he told his staff like, hey, we got jobs. Like we're we're doing our thing. We're yeah. we're going to be here for a while. I don't think he's correct. I don't know how I I don't. It's there's so many moving pieces. I don't think he's correct. I do think, you know, I, Jay Monahan. Now, I'm about to say Jay Monahan said this, but I think we've all established that anything that Jay Monahan says, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um. They said yesterday on CNBC that there was going to be a good faith effort by the new for-profit organization that's been created between the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, the PGA Tour, and the DP World Tour. That they are going to make a good faith effort to incorporate something like the team, you know, sort of thing that they were doing on Live into the PGA Tour in professional golf. Now, whether that means they have, like, they do that in the fall, and that becomes the new fall series where guys are playing, like, team events in the fall, and then they're playing, like, the regular tour calendar the rest of the year, I don't know. I don't know if the top players would want to do that because they've become pretty accustomed to 
having an off season, yep. right? And I think a lot of guys are. What does this do for the FedEx Cup playoffs? Like what? I mean, there's well, so many moving. I mean, parts. to be fair, the FedEx Cup playoffs are the single most pointless and yeah, it's a, meaningless it's just playoffs a, a in any ton of money that they haven't invested with sponsors. Yeah. And so like all these low level events, do they just go to the wayside? Are the are the are the guys that have membership on the DP World Tour? Are they going to get as much money as the well, guys on the PGA Tour? Like I don't I, know. I think a good way because you know people are saying that the guys who stayed on the PGA Tour are going to have to get paid, right? They're like, hey, those guys turn down the money. Well, they yeah, they, they you know so like they're you know these guys that defected to live, they get to fucking basically have their cake and eat it too. They get to take the bag, and then they also get to come back and play and keep the money that they made from live. I don't know if they're going to be forced to then pay penalties. To get back onto the PGA Tour, I think one thing that could happen is if they do incorporate this team event, I know they're wanting to make it sort of like other professional sports where maybe some players would have a an interest in like the team or maybe there would be like owners of like the teams and they would kind of run them sort of like a more traditional organization. And I think maybe, you know, it could be possible that maybe some of those players that stayed that didn't go to live would have the first crack and first opportunity to have ownership shares in those teams or something like that and that's a way that they get compensated yeah. by getting a, an ownership interest in some new properties within professional go- I don't know that that that's that's one way they could do it without necessarily having to like pay these guys out because like five lane road like that they, they, they could I mean this they could, could do this all could kinds go. of stuff this, this, it's and I, I say if they incorporate this sort of team golf event is it something where like we said they just do it in the fall is it something where they sprinkle in a couple of team events throughout the year during the normal PGA I have no idea and honestly I haven't been able to think about it enough yet where I'd be able to say which one would be better over the other. I, I really have no idea. Until we see options, we're not going to know. Like one of the interviews yesterday was Rolfing, right? Like Mr. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, so the timing of this is not great. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Does US Open start in 10 days? Or people don't days really out? understand like how much timing and planning goes into putting on a PGA Tour event. Century Tournament Champions is maybe kind of like, well – do we move forward with our planning for the event in January? Like, well, I, I think they're supposed to release the 2024 count tour calendar like in the next week or two. So, I mean, there's <laughs> they've got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of work to do. Do you think Live Golf is going to exist beyond this year? I don't see how it can really. I, I mean, yeah, I don't I, either. I, I don't know. I, 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 I literally we. I, I don't it will know. be controlled by Jay Monahan. Hopefully, we have a better better idea because right now it's just there's so many questions i would hate to be like a someone that went to that tour like professionally you know that was one of their big admins <sighs> honey i don't know well <laughs> to be fair a lot of the admins that they they brought in have been since fired or have left so it's so. Uh, there's i mean they forget about the the communities that are you know, expecting these donation dollars that all, all the like we've talked about before, all the people that work full time for the tour that oh, go. I, I was talking about Liv. You were talking about the PGA. Okay. That go week to week, and you know, set up the venues, mm-hmm. the stands, the you know, the all the everything that goes into putting on a PGA tour event, the parking, the building of the building of the tents, the building of the stands. Right. Like there's so many moving parts. This needs to get figured out pretty quickly. Yeah. No, I mean, in, in there's got to be some urgency. Um, as far as you know, players understandably were pretty upset. Oh yeah, I, I think they had really good reason to be. Um, well, it's their organization; it they're is, literally paying this guy to do the best for them, and he kept them in the dark. Do you think? No, this is me being a. That's little, his argument, though, right? This, well, it had to be in the dark. Well, but this it's is like, this is me being a little bit of an asshole. Do you think most of the players, if you could really get an honest answer, are more pissed that 
the Saudi government is now getting involved and they're going to have, you know, I, I don't know how many of the guys didn't go to live purely based on ethics and morals. I it might be a lot. It might be only a handful. I, I don't really know. I, so be, people are self-calculated and have, you know, PR teams now. We're never going to know what they actually yeah. felt. No, Nobody knows what they actually felt. Do you think a lot you of know, players... Them, them staying and not taking the big money was probably a calculation by their management team. Yeah. Uh, do you think the guys who were pissed off yesterday, do you think it's more likely that they were upset that the Saudi government is now involved and they're going to actually have to be get, you know, they're going to have to be involved and it's going to, you know, there's going to be a conflict with From their a, ethics and morals? Or do you think they were more pissed off that this motherfucker didn't tell me anything? Yeah, I okay, think, you, just, you sprung this on me. I think it's a combination of both. Like, even Rory talked about it. Like, I've never been in this situation of having to keep my card, being on the bubble. But, like, what do all those guys hoping to stay inside the top 125, like, wh- where does that go? Like, are they going to have jobs? Because now you're bringing the live guys back and the DP World Tour. Like, what is my job, you know, stability going to look like moving forward? You know, they just had the thing this year where it's, you know, if you have full status, then you're getting 500 grand for your, you know, basically expenditures to, to play these events that we're making you come to a mm-hmm. certain amount of. And even the Nationwide Tour guys, do the Nationwide Tour, do the Corn Ferry guys, do the top 25 still go to the PGA Tour? So there's a lot of moving parts here to where it's like, <laughs> Where is everyone going to fit in? It just I got to say like I'm not 100% sure why they felt they had to announce this yesterday. When the, like they basically had made a handshake agreement that okay, we're going to work something out. Let's drop the, the litigation. The tour hates Canada. <laughs> I mean, they fucking they fucking must, man. Like, uh, like two years in a row. If you're, if you're the tournament like organizer, it's like, "Come on, man. Yeah. Give me a fucking break." <laughs> yeah, like seriously. this is my goddamn national championship. This is championship. my job. <laughs> it's once a year to put on one national championship. And you spring me on this not one but two years in a row. You selfish dickheads. Yeah, Just come seriously. out here and blow everything I've worked the last year on out of hey, the water. Hey, Jay, fuck off, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hoser? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, it's perfect. Yeah, it's just, man, it's just, uh, it's, 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 it's tough for me to kind of wrap, wrap my head around, like, how I feel about everything. I, I will say this, you know. You know I'm a big Shaq guy. You know I, I you know I love Jeff Shackelford. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, obviously you he and did like his, twelve other people. Yeah. Hey, we're we're a strong <laughs> dozen, man. You, so don't, don't count <laughs> us out. Thirty dozen. I I wanted to share just a couple things that he had written with you and just kind of get your your feedback yeah. if that's okay. All right. So I'm just there's a couple quotes from a uh, top to bottom, left to right, still. Yeah. An article, <laughs> an article that Jeff Shackelford penned and sent out to his uh, Substack subscribers this morning. Um, quote. Even before Saudi Arabia realized they could scrub grime off their shady ways via the gentleman's game. The PGA Tour had lost sight of reality and gone cut, uh, gone cultish, making cold transactional decisions to maximize profit. So was a ruthlessly ageist culture obsessed with lowering viewing demographics, no matter the long-term cost to young players, careers, or product health. Whatever it took to keep the bonuses, the BMWs, and free Pro Vs coming. I don't know if you follow all that, but I actually thought that was fascinating because... I think with Saudi Arabia coming in, a lot of the changes that I know Jeff is always advocating for, things that I tend to ag- agree with as well, such as, you know, rolling back the ball. Yeah. You know, maybe like doing all these things, you know, shortening up golf courses, you know, maybe having more firm and fast conditions. And, you know, you know it just seems like a lot of that stuff is going to go even further onto the back burner that it already has. Yeah, that's what a lot of guys are saying. Like, are we still talking about the ball now? Because they fucking have to. Now, is there any chance that these these Saudis come in and are like, you know what? Since we have a seat at the table, and since you guys are so adamant about not wanting the ball, 
And since we hate America, fuck you guys. Let's roll the ball back. Yeah. I don't, it's Dude, that, like I said, I, I can't even wrap my head around around that statement, but there's we, we there's so much unknown. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I, I think when we finish this podcast tonight, I think the lesson that we're going to leave with and a lot of people listening to this podcast you know, was like, yeah, okay, those guys know about as little as I do, and they're they're hosting a podcast, so nobody knows anything. Yeah, it, yeah. We're, we're reiterating what everyone already knows. <laughs> we're so good at that. Uh, all right, next quote here from Shackelford. Quote, the extent of Monaghan's sellout became apparent seconds into Tuesday's arranged CNBC interview alongside the loathsome Al Rumian. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Uh, the public investment fund head COO'd about their secret London golf, romantic lunches, and other dates all in the name of growing the game. But the lovebirds quickly bonded over the combination uh, over the combined realization that they had too much to lose in depositions. Monaghan lost the match 7-6 and six when it became apparent the tour had not recovered the lost millions in revenue caused by the, crater, uh, the cratering of his international streaming deal with Discovery. So Golf TV is now totally gone, which is something that the PGA Tour put a lot of eggs in their basket for. Um, it was like a, you know, a mutual investment between them and Discovery to create Golf TV. That's completely folded. Jay Monahan, uh, being the sharp, the sharp arrow that he has undercut himself by putting streaming rights out to ESPN Plus in the middle of this Discovery deal. It's just, I think Jay's incompetent. He sure. I think I think that's the more. I think he sure comes off that way. He's he's always been kind of unlikable, yeah. and I've I've been saying he's been incompetent for. I mean, shit. It was like it seemed like it was three years ago, four years ago. I, I was saying this yesterday on the podcast that I was complaining to you, like, man, can we like innovate a little bit? Can, like, do I need to watch forty-five, seventy-two stroke play events a year? Like, yeah. can we like do do something new? Can we like shake that? Like, there's got to be something about the product that they can, you know, make it more compelling for casual fans and even you know big fans like myself. No. No, it's just kicking, kicking the can down the road, and basically until he got put into a corner by Saudi Arabia, and he caved, and yeah, Jay, yeah, he, he the cuck commissioner. You know, he he intimidated all these all these you know somewhat loyal guys to don't go, don't go. We're gonna get you yours, don't go, and then to just pull a 180 and not be transparent about it, and then say that he couldn't be transparent about it, or the job or the deal wouldn't get done, wouldn't have got done. I think the guy just lies right through his teeth, and then he brings in the you know the nine eleven families, and he goes that route. Jesus and just Christ! Totally did you see out in the, the woodshed? Did you see the interview that he gave today? So he went back. He did an interview for the Golf Channel today, and understandably, the host of the Golf Channel asked him about his comments regarding nine eleven families last year yeah. and how that affected. Jay just bumbled and basically gave a non-answer. And not only could I believe how fucking bad it was, yeah, but. Doesn't Jay have some fucking PR people that he could talk to? Like, it's the one question he knows he's going to get when he goes in an interview, and he was totally unprepared. Yeah, he's not getting and made it look even well. like what is? He's not getting coached well. He obviously doesn't get fitted for any of his suits. Yeah, just, he's just a he's just a <laughs> fucking like he looks like an idiot. He talks like an idiot. Yeah. He makes decisions and runs runs his organization like the, an idiot. The hair does not move though, dude. <laughs> that's a good point. Is is there any chance that Jay Monahan survives this? I don't know. I I don't. I'd know. like to think no, but at this point, I mean, he's, unless one he's of the like details, that, man. unless one of the details that comes out, it is like ridiculously good for the players, and they're just profit sharing and stuff like this, to where they're even the bottom of the, you know, even even the the middle of the mall guys, you know, the one hundred to one twenty five. Even if those guys get like a substantial like back end, I don't know how. 
I don't know how he keeps his job. Like, honestly, I I tweeted on Twitter.com today. Um, yeah, it's Maver- place. Maverick McNeil. PGA Maverick Tour. McNeely? Mc- yeah, McNeely, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, PGA Tour player slash commissioner. Yeah. Okay. Player slash commissioner. I mean... If he's for, yeah, one, I feel like even point, the dumb, even, know, even the dumbest kid from Stanford's probably got to be at least at Jay's level. Let's get one of these ex players to be a commissioner. Sure. You know what I mean? Who? You got any ideas? Anybody come to mind? Uh, I don't know. Zach Johnson's on the end of his. <laughs> you want to oh. kick Colt Nost out of the broadcast booth? Put him in the commissioner seat. Transparency would not be an issue with Colt Nost. <laughs> that is for sure. That's <laughs> big facts. He is a man of the people. He would make sure that he got every last cent. For retired players, current players, sure. future players, yeah, that'd be cool to have Colt as commissioner. Is there any chance that Jay can win this by basically taking all the money they're getting from Saudi Arabia and then putting it into like a nine eleven families like wealth fund or you know donating it to the American military? To he's got a lot of hurdles, man. That guy backed himself into a corner. He's fucked, he's man. Just, he's an idiot. Well, okay, that, that, that leads me. That actually goes right into my uh, the next uh, little excerpt from from Jeff's article. Yeah. I want to show you. I got well, I got two more here. So, quote: At times, just weeks ago. It seemed like the Saudis were in trouble after underestimating tour lawyers and bungling the case, bungling their case so badly that Al Rumyan would be deposed thanks to moronic claims that his ego-infusing appearances at live events. But all along, the Saudis never took their eye off the prize, using pro sports as a way to distract money-is-everything types from caring about the kingdom's atrocious human rights record or its manipulation of oil markets, which, by the way, is happening again this week. Happy summer to everybody. Yep. Uh, couple, uh, couple all of this with the Justice Department breathing down the tour's neck, solid major play by the live guys, and a reminder that some of the detract, uh, some of the defectors are more fun to watch than the remaining PGA Tour players, and no number of courtroom wins could offset the need for Tuesday's cash infusion. Uh, the only thing I'll fight back in is I do think the most compelling players in golf are still on the PGA Tour, uh, outside of maybe Brooks and Cam Smith. The majority of the most compelling players, I think, are still on the PGA Tour. So D- DJ's still got a couple more. Yeah, what, sixty-seven in the first round of the PGA Championship, and then just disappeared. Do I you think, think? Yeah, I think he, he's he's just yeah he's he's getting older. I think if he goes back on a PGA Tour kind of like routine, I mean, I don't I don't want to you know I don't we'll, know. We'll find like, out like everything else we're talking about today. I don't fucking know. We'll find out if he still has the you know the flame burning. To I, really I was gonna say I, ju- I just get I, I get the feeling that DJ is paid. He's married to Paulino Gretzky. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. I, I, could, I, like, I just have to show up, and, you know, I'm pretty good at golf without practicing as much as I used Maybe to. Maybe it'll so. be like a Tiger thing when he's when his kids get older. It, you know, it'd be important for him to win again in front of his kids. Okay. Like you know it. what I mean? Yeah. Um, like a little bit of a you know, rebirth, almost like a Stuart Sink or a Matt Kuchar type deal where they just really stay out there. And when it comes to, like, the, the internal fire yeah. that's you know, burning inside somebody, I've always thought Dustin Johnson and Tiger Woods were a lot alike. <laughs> so that okay well i hope you're right though yeah. um uh let's see here and then last thing tuesday's monumental or sorry quote tuesday's monumental and gross news only reaffirms how the new pro golf entity should not be entrusted with decisions of substance that might influence a sport played by 70 million people worldwide and for those saddened by the pga tour acquiescing just think of the coming comedy giant egos will be squashed grave dancers who rejoice tuesday will get an egg on their face Raging hypocrites will be exposed, and unexpected bright spots will help us appreciate the good people unfairly caught up in this mess. Uh, that was one thing that I noticed. I noticed on the old Twitter.com that you were referring to earlier, 
a lot of very uh, passionate live golf fans doing a big victory lap. Yeah. I do you think those people know that their golf league that they're riding for is probably not going to exist in a couple months? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, uh, that, that, yeah, we haven't even really talked about Phil yet. It's like, okay, Phil definitely stirred the pot uh, to his. You know, w- we won't know until twenty, thirty years down the road what it really did. Mm-hmm. But right now, we know that it just completely blew up the whole status quo. We don't know what this thing's going to be. He got what two hundred million. Mm-hmm. So Phil is feeling pretty good about Phil right now. Clearly, yeah. Based on based on his tweets, um, loves Twitter.com. Yeah, Phil Mickelson, it, big Twitter guy. So it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of where he falls with his status of you know being a, a recent major champion. Is he back into the Ryder Cup fold as a player as a captain? The Ryder Cup is they're very anxiously awaiting to find out more details as well. Yeah, the European Tour made a pretty big stance like, hey. Those guys that left, like Westwood and Poulter, like those guys aren't back in yet. Like this is still a and long honestly, drawn out process. If, like, even if even if those guys were qualified for the Ryder Cup, I don't think they'd be on the Ryder Cup team this year. They've kind no. of they've stunk. No, they're I mean, old they've been and playing fifty four whole events and they haven't been playing well. So, but like, yeah, yeah, Graham and Dow, same same thing. You know, Louis, um, Louis could still probably, you know, play on a Presidents Cup team. Who, who knows? It's going to be interesting to see where these where these chips fall yeah. once once they figure out what the fuck they're gonna do yeah uh i think joseph lamagna from uh on also on the twitter.com uh i think he God, what is the name of his newsletter uh, finding the edge or something anyway joseph lamagna he, he guest writes for um the fried egg sometimes i think he put it pretty succinctly and I, I just wanted to share his last little thought with you and then we'll we'll jump back in. he says quote i empathize with the pga tour players who feel betrayed by monahan's leadership over the last couple of years the PGA Tour's failure to innovate placed it in a vulnerable position. When its vulnerability was exploited, Monaghan chided players for acting within their best financial interest at the expense of their legacy. Then, when the money tightened, Monaghan acted within his best financial interest at the expense of his legacy. Yeah. Scott Scott Van Pelt had a good Twitter reaction. You're kind of drawing out all the things that have taken place, and it was like some, some Nino Brown quote. You know, it ain't personal. It's business. <laughs> Just watched The Godfather not uh, only but a couple nights ago. Yeah, you know, it's, so uh, it's it is going to be interesting. A lot of speculation. <laughs> it's just what I, a time to be alive. I mean, I will say this: I like the prospect of all of the world's best players playing together more often, for sure. But man, I, I'm I'm having a tough time finding too many like things that I'm excited about or like viewing as like big positives. Other than that, yeah. So. I don't know, man. Anything else on this before we, we jump to the last little, little thing in the pod? No, it's just uh, I'll be on Twitter.com. Just, uh, to, looks like that's where the info is going to come through. There's going to be a lot of info on the Twitter.com. Yep. Okay. Um, last segment. Usually, you know, we, we have people write in or, you know, write, you know, email us if they have some some questions or something like that. I actually have a story that I, I heard um, a couple of weeks ago that I kind of wanted to share with you, and I kind of wanted to get your two cents on. So I hope you don't mind me. Uh, going off in a couple minutes here. So uh, there's a gentleman I met, nice guy, uh, who is a member at a private golf club down in Orange County. And he was telling me a story about his member guest from last year. And long story short, him and his brother-in-law, who came in from Michigan, win their flight. They make it to the horse race. And they do pretty well in the horse race. 
teams are eliminated, so yada yada, until there's only just three teams left. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're in what may, what might end up being the final hole of the horse race. There is, he said, roughly about six thousand dollars up for grabs for nice. for the winner of this tournament. So that you know, guys are getting pretty yeah, stoked. A little walking around money. Yeah, a little walking around money never hurt anybody. And um, so he says, one of the teams is just hits a ball out of bounds. Hits the second one in the bunker, they're pretty much just out. So it's more or less just their team and this one other team yep. fighting for, you know, fighting for the W. Yeah. And it's a par five. They get oh, – I might have been a par four. Anyway, they're they're up in, next to the green in regulation. And they miss the green. They have like a, just like a little pretty easy up and down chip. And there's huge crowds everywhere. I mean, he was saying there's yeah. probably three, 400 people around the screen. That's crazy. And one of those people is his dad. His dad's watching, and you know, there's no ropes. I mean, it's not like a tour yeah. event or anything like yeah. that. And he's kind of like going down. He's reading his, you know, his putt from like, be, you know, reading the chip from behind the hole, kind of trying to see because his partner, his brother-in-law, is going to hit the shot. And he notices that his dad had come down from the crowd to like high-five his brother-in-law, yeah, and just say, "Man, this is really cool. I'm proud of you guys. This is this is really awesome." Yeah. So his brother-in-law hits the chip, hits it to like three feet. They're getting ready to tap in. And the head golf professional walks over to him before he hits his putt and says, you guys are disqualified. You're out. The other team wins. I would love to hear why. The head professional. Now, this may actually have been at the behest of the other team, which uh, I'll tell you why. I think it may have been the other team that he said that his dad walking down to his brother-in-law and congratulating him and saying this is a really cool scene could only assume he was giving him advice on his chip shot. And they DQ'd them on the final hole of the horse race from a three-day member guest. I couldn't really believe it. I thought he was kind of joking with me. So I found out where this country club was. I found additional sources. Yeah. I found people who were there at the event that will that testified that that is exactly what happened. So this is this so is exactly he, how it he went. gave him advice? No, no. That he didn't give him advice. That oh, it okay. just, like, they DQ'd him. Yeah. There was a huge scene. Obviously, this guy was pissed he uh, said yeah call the general manager over like no yeah. man like this is not this is not what's happening yeah general manager comes over now i will say there does seem like there was probably at least an outside chance that this gentleman was very understandably getting really pissed off yeah and was probably letting these guys have it and just understanding human nature i'm sure that the employees didn't love getting yelled at yeah even though they were fucking wrong yeah so they probably were digging their heels in and you know it was it, it, yeah. just butting heads right and it just it got to the point where guys are screaming at each other. They walk off the golf course. They award the win to these guys by default, more or less. And apparently they still stand by the decision. They suspended the guy who got DQ'd from the club for like a few months. He's not allowed to participate in any of the events <laughs> that the club is hosting for like the remainder of the year. And I was just thinking to myself, oh, these guys really dug their heels in. I was like, man, I was like, you know, oh, and get this. Then the guy who all this happened to told me that the guy who won made himself a jacket for the win. Made, <laughs> made himself a fucking jacket. You, you, and gotta, like, you gotta like that, though. I do like it. I just, if I'm friends with the guy who got DQ'd, I fucking hate it. But oh, as a neutral observer God. like me, I fucking love it. So I wanted to ask you, as somebody who has been, Dude. you know, a golf professional running golf course before, I just want your opinion, like, how fucked is this on a scale of one to ten it feels scummy it feels so scummy right yeah like is there any like what 
how egregious would the penalty have to be in a member guest? Granted, there's a lot of money on the line. Yeah. But how egregious would a penalty have to be in a member guest for you to just come out, not give a warning? Which, by the way, in the rules of golf, I think they were supposed to get a warning. They're like it, it. It was unprecedented within the rules of golf to DQ them right away without issuing a warning prior. As much as I know about the rules, I would agree with that statement. Yeah. So like, in a member guest, right? Where it's this is not a PGA Tour event. There's not you know hundreds of there's not millions of dollars in the line. Well, here's say. the thing too: the teams that are in that horse race are probably there because they do some pretty decent index maintenance. Kyle, I would think. I, I would hope so. So, the whole rule book thing and you know integrity thing. It's probably already halfway out the window. Sure. So uh, as a guy who's playing in a lot of horse races and can can pick up and have a pretty good feeling of what the guy's real real index is. Sure. To where where some of these guys show up to events with. I mean, it, to, to to go by the book when you're not really going by the book. You know what I mean? That that had to leave just the worst taste in those guys' mouth. I couldn't believe it, man. But he, if if it's he was telling me the if story, it's the players that the his opponents that kind of spurred on the head pro to be like, hey. What are you going to do about that? I, he did, that so that he, puts the head pro in a horrible he didn't, spot. He didn't mention that to me, but when he told me that the guy who won made himself a jacket and, 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 and makes, I think it might have been, like, and like and made, makes a really good, I think he's also the one that tried to get them, that had a hand in getting them disqualified from the rest of the events for the year. I think there's a, you know, they're, I don't think they're super friendly. A club beef. It happens, that, hey, when you bring in uh, walking around money and probably alcohol, and egos and existing relationships within a club, you're gonna get some shit to go down. Sometimes you just are. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, if, that if, that, that if, puts that pro in a terrible spot. So if you're if you're the, the guy p- was probably a board member, looked at him and was like, "Are you gonna do your job?" Because I've I've been in I've been in member guest situations where maybe a member is upset with how slow the process is taking, and maybe thinking that the pro isn't that good at their job. And as far as running these, which are an absolute shit show. Kyle. Oh, yeah. As somebody that organizes the, golf trips and tournaments, it is a fucking shit show. If you and get, you have a lot more experience than I do. If you want to get on a pro's good side, member guest week, you fucking smile. You say thank you. You do not. Last year, Will Weiss was on Jesse at Fountain Grove almost sarcastically about the pace of play. And I thought Jesse was just going <laughs> to just fucking drop him. Just going to drop him. <laughs> But Will's like, you know, he's just, he's like laughing, but it's just, I go, you got to leave Jesse alone, dude. I go, this is the most stressful week for these pros and his staff. If you want to be a nice guy, you roll up with donuts for him in the morning. You order him pizza when they're scoring late at night. They're there till almost midnight getting everything set. They're working 18 to 20 hour days, three, four days in a row. Order him some pizza, drop off a couple of 12 packs. They're working their ass off. So as... As a, as a rule of thumb, don't be a fucking dick to your pro or the staff during member guest week because sage advice. It is fucking brutal for them. So I, who's more fucked then? The guy like the the member who's like the, go the do member, your job, buddy, the member, or, or the, the guy who the member is, put the the member gets DQ'd and then makes a fucking like technically a really pays the salary of the pro right through dues. So that that pro was put in a tough spot, and then he tried to go up the chain to the general manager, and that puts him in an even tougher spot. It should have never been in that city. You know, honestly, what should have happened is the three or four hundred people stepping in should have came down and called out the fucking guy. Apparently, so apparently, the way it was described to me is that most people in the crowd were with siding with the guy who's getting DQ'd. Yeah, they, they're like, we like, 
We're just here to watch this end of this tournament. Entertain like, us. Why are you going to end it like this? This yeah. is fucking bullshit. No, Apparently, by the time I got escalated up to the general manager, everybody was just so uncomfortable with how everything was going yep. that by the time the winning team finally got to go and go to their award ceremony, no every, one there. everybody left. Yeah. Gone. That's not how you want to win. That's bullshit. But it is if you want to get the jacket. If you want to make yourself a jacket, that's that's the title the you want to commemorate with the jacket. Next level petty. God, it's just the worst. And apparently, he wears it around the club whenever oh he's not playing. God, that's hilarious. God, what did he, him and him and the other member had to have something? There must have been the something. Worst. One of their wives said, or or they've been duking it out during league or something. There was, yeah, there was there were sour apples there between those two members for sure. Yeah, I was in disbelief. Well. Anybody listening to this, if you guys have a wild I story... You, I guarantee you there's a rule now at their memory guest. I'll bet you there is. Yeah. Uh, th- anybody out there that has a story, like anything similar, if, you, if you've got a crazy golf story out there that you think yeah. would be worth sharing on the podcast, I would love, 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 love to hear about it. In fact, if you are, if you go through the effort of writing me an email and, it's, and your story is good, we will read it <laughs> right here on the podcast. So if you do have something like that, email us at nicegrassnicepeople at gmail.com. Boat. So, so good to be back. Awesome. Just really, really nice to be back in the dojo with you. I've missed the you. The is on. I, I've missed us, man. <laughs> I've really missed us. Um, do you have anything to, to share or, or promote? Anything like fundraisers going on for Sonoma State? That you, uh, when, just, when, if if be, not now, yeah, when you do, make sure you make sure we're, we're promoting on the show as well. Yeah, it's. I, I think the date is it's going to be the second Monday, second Monday of September at, at Sonoma Golf Course, Sonoma Golf Club. Okay. Um, literature will be coming out here in probably three weeks or a month, so... Yeah, um, just it's a summer summertime in Sonoma County. Golf wise, doesn't get much better. Get out there, go support your local local club. Be nice to your to your golf course staff. Really be nice to your golf course because staff because this is this is a very busy season for them. So just be just just as a general thumb, just be nice to people, Kyle. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that hard. No, it's it's not hard. It as as, as we both know, as practicing members of the society, they're gen- generally. Most times, ninety nine percent of the time, really nice people. It's not hard. Just it, be nice to people. It actually takes the same amount of effort to be nice to somebody as it takes to be a dickhead. It takes way more effort to be a dickhead. It it does. Yeah, yeah. energy for sure. Yeah. Um, and it also sounds like September is going to be a good good month for golf. We've got Saturday, the twenty third of September, the second annual Barefoot Classic. So Probably. anybody listening to this that wants to, uh, you know, shed the dogs and get out there and get a little grass between their toes and swing BBGC. some sticks, you know, uh, go to suavegolf.com, click on the sabbaticals. So we got uh, probably got twenty something spots left for the Barefoot Classic. Awesome. Saturday, September twenty third. So I hope I hope you're able to join us this year. I hope uh, all of you listening that think that sounds like a good time. If you, if you like booze, you like good food, you like golf. You, you I, I think it could be good a very, people. It's a nice. If you like nice grass and you like tonight, like nice people. Yeah. This is your kind of event. It's very fitting. It's a nice game that we're going to be playing with some nice people, and you know, relatively speaking, it's not a private club, but grass out there is pretty nice. I'm going to put you on the hot spot. Sure. Does Kepka win the U.S. Open at the L.A. Country Club? No. No. Bold statement. Bold statement. Do you have a prediction? <sighs> if I So, one, you've played it, yes. No, I have not played it. You've not played it. You have played it, though. No, I have not. I would have thought with your collegiate no. golf career that you would have at some point we made it down to LACC. No, it was, we were pretty inland. Uh, we were... They, they keep you guys in the valley? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. San Bernardino, baby. Uh... uh but uh, yeah. So, do you have a pick? If I was forced to sit down and pick somebody right now, if you were going to put ducats on it, you know, I heard Gil Hands say that he, somebody asked Gil Hands that exact same thing, and he said it in multiple places that he actually thinks Morikawa is the pick. Okay, hopefully his back's all right. 
and I, I was gonna say if Mark and he's from he's from LA he's from down there he's from LA he's played it a ton in college um I think you know I mean is did Mac did Homa and Colin Markow play Cal together or they were there at different times oh no no Homa's much much older much older okay yeah. I I saw something at Homa in a tournament at LACC when he was at Cal shot sixty one down there who Preston Summers just shot something crazy deep in uh oh no that was the qualifying at uh, Hillcrest one of our Seawolves mm-hmm. Griffin Pace yeah. made it. Made it to uh, great Jewish country club. Yeah, uh, from the very limited stuff, the like, I, pictures I saw looked pretty sweet. Oh, the, uh, Kyle Phillips did a redesign at Hillcrest not too not too long ago, and it's supposed to be a one. Nice. They did a really good job. Um, if I had to guess, I'll just say this right now: if Scotty Scheffler can figure the putter out a little bit, he's going to win, because I think he's the best golfer in the world right now. Sands the putter, just every part of his game from tee to green. Just go make a bunch of pars. I mean, it's a U.S. Open, so is making a bunch a, of parts like, might be I don't be know it. that much about the course, dude. Is there a lot of rough, or are we going to have more? No, so this is a uh, not your typical U.S. Open setup in that the fairways are much wider than, oh, really? you're, than you're going to see at a typical U.S. Open setup. Um, a lot of the research I've been doing and kind of a lot of the reading and the videos I've been watching, there is a little part of me that wonders if this is going to be like a normal U.S. Open test just from a scoring perspective. Like, I, I think it's entirely possible that the winning score may be three four under par but really i also think it's totally conceivable that the winner of this u.s open may be 10 under par 11 under par um from what i've seen you know from a couple weeks ago when they did media day and to what the course is playing like this weekend i don't know how much more fire i I can only assume it's going to be a lot more fiery yeah uh than it was just a couple weeks ago um, I know they can stretch it out to like 73, 74, 7,500 yards. There's a lot more elevation change at LACC than pretty much any other U.S. Open venue I can remember. Just, I mean, the whole thing is built on the side of a hill. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, barrancas, ravines running throughout everything. I mean, there's going to be a – if guys are errant, they're going to get whacked. But if guys are hitting the ball pretty good like a Scotty Scheffler and they're keeping it in between the lines <sighs> – it's, I don't know, man. It, it's very hard for me to pick anybody except except Scotty Scheffler, even with the putting woes, just based on how fucking good he's hitting the ball right now. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? I don't know. I have a have a weird. Where, where are you putting your shekels here for I, you know for next weekend? I have a weird feeling that Jordan Spieth is going to get back in the winner's circle. Oh my gosh! I, I will say this: that just is a weird feeling. Don't have really much to go on. I hope your feeling is similar to your Brooks feeling going on the PGA. Yeah. Because if if Spieth went won the U.S. Open. I could not think of a better story he, for the He's going to come golf. in under the radar because he's got a little bit of the wrist thing going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I Did you I Did know. you hear about how he hurt his wrist? How did you hurt his wrist? He was just playing with his kiddo. Oh, really? Yeah. I worry about that all the time, dude. Every time every time I'm hanging out with my little boy, I'm like, are you going to ruin my golf game? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could just enjoy these moments with my with my son as he's a toddler these moments get, I'm never going to have back, and yet I'm here. One of those, I'm like, here uh, here's the six and a half handicap fretting about a, his golf game. Attack dog training suit. <laughs> okay, buddy, it's playtime. <laughs> I do. It's like he has like a like a tumbling class or like a little gymnastics class yeah. when they they try to you know yeah. encourage the parents to do all this stuff you know as well. It's like hell fucking no. no. <laughs> You're not getting me to go do that. Dude, I, I got a tea time on Thursday. There's no I way. Had, I had sore hamstrings two weekends ago for playing too much bags in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. I was like. We play, you know, it's just one of those things like, okay, run it back, run it back, best of three, run it back. Everyone's getting up twenty dollars, and eight times in a row, you're right back to even, right? And someone always has to get up forty, so it's ended, right? 
didn't happen. And I texted Coach Simonak and Jordan and Coach Nick. I go, anybody else's uh, hammy's a little sore this morning? <laughs> and Simonak admitted to it. And Nick Borowitz was like, Nick and Jordan were like, no. That's why we don't skip leg day. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, is ironic because Jordan doesn't have any calves, but he <laughs> does leg day all the time. He also doesn't skip leg day. Well, I think that is a great way for, for us to wrap this up, saying yeah. that, uh, you know. It's bag season but, well, as well, well barbecue. Well, I, I got to tell you, man, being here in the studio with you recording this podcast, oh, yeah. it really is an honor to be in the presence of such a great athlete. And oh. I just wanted to let you know that this, I, this, is, this, is, this is a real treat. You don't get the nickname Thunderfoot without uh, being an athlete. <laughs> oh it's amazing all right boat on that note well done my friend it's really great to be back i'm already looking forward to to running this back here sentiment uh i think i I haven't double checked with you but i think the plan tentatively at least for me is to hope to get you back here as soon as the u.s open is over with so we can do a recap of all the action okay so we'll we'll plan on seeing each other back here in a couple weeks sounds good awesome all right everybody listening thank you very much we appreciate you uh if you have the time would would love it if you'd be able to uh hit us you know Subscribe to the podcast on whatever your you know podcast platform listening uh, program of choices, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Apple. We're, we're on all of them. So if you could subscribe, it'd be much appreciated. If you want to leave a review, even better. Uh, and with that, we hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy the Canadian Open. Nothing, nothing else to see up in Canada. The RBC Canadian Open. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, no, nothing else to see. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week, probably for a little U.S. Open preview, and then uh, we'll be wrapping it all up with Boat here in a couple weeks' time. So, Sounds good. Until then, everybody, adios. Adios. Be nice to people. Be nice to people. Be nice to your pro. <laughs> it's very important. It doesn't. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs>